you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. My little girl <laughs> was born, and it occurred to me she looks so much like Calais Campbell. Do you see the resemblance? It's the cheeks, you know, big cheeks you and the the, eyes. I don't know. I, I see a lot of resemblance. Where were you in Los Angeles about, uh, you know, <laughs> I, no, I don't even, I'm not even going to go down that. David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh yeah, as always, great times with our pal Calais Campbell and Calais' brother Jared all paid a visit to Studio 66. Then we took it out on the street. We had a good time talking to strangers out there. We did the bit, you know, it's a yeah, everybody, if you're a celebrity in the 21st century, you must do it. You have to put on a costume, go out on the street and interact with people and say, hey, what do you think about Calais Campbell? And then they tell you their unvarnished opinions. And then we oh. laugh and laugh and laugh. It got a little sideways, though. It didn't go the way we anticipated it would. So make sure you check That's that out. Anywho, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope all's well wherever you you are here in Studio 66. We take a look back in the rearview mirror, but also look forward to uh, to the draft, which is drawing ever closer. And uh, seated to my immediate left here is one of our favorite fellas here at NFL Media. It's Patrick Claybon. What's the poop, fella? Oh, yeah, I forgot we have a song for you. Right, nice. He's that guy who hosts the show up to the minute. Every dream he has at night has Jack Bauer in takes then he'll give his the arm takes then yeah strikes again star wars movies get him lit what's that movie you were in nobody heard of it the most handsome man dave has on he's patrick he's patrick he's patrick clavon bon 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 all right. Oh, it's been too long. That's a good one. I hadn't I heard the track in forever. I know. I uh, to be honest with you, I forgot that it even existed. But <laughs> muzzle to you, uh, to you either way. How are we, uh, Patrick Claybon? Uh, I am mired in month six of the LA homebuyer search, and it is impossible, and it is stressful, it's... and it makes me hate people. I hear you, man. Oh, by the way, I want to say uh, real quick, uh, AJ Boye coming in and a couple oh. of his pals just down in the green room, Kibitzin with uh, with that collection of fellas, and an emer- a fascinating conversation emerged about uh, 20th century superstar basketball players versus modern-day basketball Ooh. players. We'll get into that in a second there, but back to what you were saying, Claybon. Um, and to, so Boye and company will uh, join us in just a bit. But um, yeah, that that it, it seems like that seems like one of those fun endeavors. Like let's go look at houses. This will be great. But yeah. what you forget is is that you're on the clock. I guess it's like making a draft pick. Like gotta do it fast or else you're gonna lose it. That's the thing. Whether it's renting or buying a place, it's once you see it, you have to immediately decide to put money down or it's lost. Yeah, it, so, and it's it's a culmination of some of my favorite things. You know, the capitalism, uh, greedy people, um, systems that you know 
I might not have had access to. You love that kind of stuff, man. I know you love all that (laughs) stuff. Actually, follow Claybon. I say it all the time. One of the great follows in social media, at Patrick Claybon. Do that because he talks not just about the game of football, but the game of life. That's what you do, too. Yes, but I heard you talking, or I read you uh, responding, and it's funny because it's the exact same thought that occurred to me, which I guess makes us both cynics, is uh, there's a, a thing floating around. On Twitter, what's the most rewatchable movie of all time? And your response was, see, that's your thing. You're the takesman. (laughs) You're the hot takesman. You don't evaluate the take or even the question that requests a take. (laughs) You evaluate the other takes that have been delivered in response to this question. And I I have to admit, I had the exact same response, which was (laughs) how bad are everybody's most rewatchable movies that they've listed? What, I mean, what's the worst one? What is, let's start there. What's your most rewatchable movie ever? My most rewatchable movie is return of the Jedi. I probably watched Return of the Jedi 60, 70, 80 times. I don't even know. Which one surprises you though, that that it fits that like Goodfellas to me, if you, flip it on like up oh, well now I'm stuck here watching that I mean certainly Empire Strikes Back fits that description for me for me it's it's Shawshank because when you add in the commercials probably the classic out, sh- right shout out to TNT it's it's so long it's such an investment but every single time I'm sitting there like all right here we go thunder bang thunder bang like why am I still watching I'm I'm walking down the stone path every single time. I, I agree. I think about like six years ago, and I, I feel like it kind of ended maybe 18-ish months ago. But for a solid half decade, I think, in our society, you could not flip a TV on and flip the dials without finding Shawshank. Shawshank was running in perpetuity, it feels like, for about five years. And yet you can still find people who've never seen it. It makes it crazy tangent, but it, one of my favorite things about my first apartment in Dothan, Alabama – the cable was kind of scrambled, and I had a channel that showed the Highlander preview, just the the theatrical preview for the film Highlander Ooh. over and over again nonstop. I would watch it hours and hours on end until finally it died uh, two years after I moved in. But I would randomly put that on. It was I, You know why? I think random. if I can connect the dots, it's not completely random. Why? Why is it? Why is it? What is the point of connection? Point of connectivity, I think, is what the they uh, between Shawshank and Highlander. Anybody spaghetti behind the glass? You want to handle this one? I, mean, I know I, you don't acknowledge anything that happened before you existed. That's so. not true. Uh, I was just talking to Em about our most rewatchable movies here, and I said Godfather Part One and Two would be up there for me. So yeah, got you there. All right, no, well, that well, what actually the point? I'm sure a lot of people are yelling right now into their uh, mobile devices. They listen to this. It, it unfortunately, I can't summon the actor's name. Maybe you could look him up. He is, uh, he's the bad guy. Oh Highlander my god! Is the bad guy? Is the bad you know guard? Holy crap, Dave! I, 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 yeah, he's the bad guy, and he's also the bad. Guy. He has you know a, my mind better than I do. And he's also the bad guy in Bad Boys. He's one of those actors who was made to be a bad guy. I think he tried to play a good guy on ER. I know I was I wasn't watching ER at that point. Is it, it his eyes? That's a good question. No, I think it's sort of like his. There's something menacing about his mug in general. There's what what about, was his character's name? Because I could give you the actor's name. I just what was I've the bad guy movie. in Highlander? He was the Corgan. The- oh, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. That's it. I knew he had a cool name. <laughs> Yeah. Clancy. Clancy Brown actually doesn't fit him very well. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Clancy. <laughs> I like that very much. It's like an investigator. Let's talk about uh, pro football now, shall we, Aww. as free agency rolls on. And we always say I hesitate to talk too much about it because 
by the time anybody listens to it, that story is seven stories old now. I said there's something new that's emerged in NFL free agency. I wonder, though, I threw this out Tuesday morning on Twitter and uh, the curmudgeon shot back at me quickly. That's a false equivalency and all that. But if Indomitian Sue, who at the time of this recording is on his way to go and meet with the L.A. Rams – don't we then have to charge him with uh, the same thing that we did Kevin Durant, which is, well, oh, well, you tried to make it on your own, superstar, but now you have to join forces with Aaron Donald? Tisk tisk. We won't re- appreciate you as much if you do well with the L.A. Rams because you needed somebody else that was high end uh, at your position to thrive. I, I feel like it, I'm glad that we don't do that for Indomitian Soup. I know, but I'm forcing I mean- it. I, I insist <laughs> upon it. If Kevin Durant is a bad guy for wanting to not be – and again, reminder, update here for everybody. Kevin Durant, the premise of him going to the Golden State Warriors wasn't, I need a ring, I need to go get a ring, I'll do it with the with the shortcut. Kevin Durant has, and it would appear in my uh, estimation, is going to achieve what I suspect his goal was, which is to not just be on a great team, but to be on the best NBA team of all time. And that's without hyperbole exactly what Golden State is going to be if they win a title now and win one more in the next couple of years. That's going to be the greatest NBA team in history. They'll be in the discussion. Sure. And it's a part of the conversation. I think for for the way that we reacted to Kevin Durant and the thing that I was trying to – like you can say that this does not please me without saying you are a bad person for doing this thing that does not please me. It, it seems like people try to say both at the same time. Like, I don't like this. Well, that means you're but bad. that argument always – but it's it, it's such a, a silly thing to, to bring up when people say Magic Johnson never would have done that. Hey, I don't know if you heard, Magic Johnson didn't have to do that. Yeah, he no. was drafted into a team that had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and then a season or two later got James Worthy. He didn't have to do anything yeah. to, to force his situation. He was dropped into – a plum one. It's com- it's completely unfair. And same thing with the you know with Larry Bird Celtics and uh, and Michael Jordan got Scottie Pippen and then had Dan- Dennis Rodman on the team and had before that Ho Grant on the team. It's not like I mean they never wanted for talent around them. Kevin and- Durant uh, you know felt that uh, in order to make a run, not just to win a title but to win multiple titles, this was the better sp- spot than Russell Westbrook himself and uh, whoever else they could. Uh, and one thing people to. forget, they had. They had the Warriors beat the year before he left. That series went to a yeah. game seven. Uh, they wound up losing down the stretch. Clay Thompson had that explosive game where he couldn't miss. There's a universe there where they win the championship. Then what does he do? Ah, now listen, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I can imagine that there are hockey fans listening to the show right now who What's would up, point at Damashek and say, but wait a minute, Dave, didn't you disparage uh, Marion Hosa yeah. when, he, when, he, when his peng- he and the Penguins almost beat the Detroit Red Wings in the Stanley Cup final? And then instead of taking more money to stay with the Penguins, went to the Detroit Red Wings and explained, well, I, th- I feel like I have a better chance of winning a title here than I did in Pittsburgh. That was an outrage. But history proved Wait, him what? wrong. I was upset with it because I knew he was wrong in the moment. Had he stayed on the Penguins, they would have won the cup that they won anyway without Marion Hosa. And it delighted me to no end in the handshake line at the end of the Stanley Cup final, the ensuing year when the Penguins won and defeated Marion Hosa and the rest of the Red Wings, that he had to stand there and shake hands with Kid Wait. Crosby and Malkin and the rest of them and be like, oh, hey, guys, congratulations. Your squad your won the world championship. Yeah, and and you were deriving extra pleasure that's from right. this man's misfortune. That's right. That's right. That's Is right. everything okay? He did it to himself. 
That he did to himself. And it's the same way that if you're an OKC fan that had Russell Westbrook and company vanquish Kevin Durant's Golden State Warriors, they should also derive pleasure. I'm not talking about OKC fans should be raw. I mean, they're entitled. He ditched their team, their situation. Yes, of course. That's why you need to take an objective worldview. Would they be OKC fans if not for Kevin Durant? That, is, that would be my question uh, mm. to them. And if, they, if the answer is yes, then more power to you. But if, you know, just think about it. It's interesting. But, again, talking about surrounding, supporting cast, uh, peers, whatever, Kevin Durant now is surrounded by Steph Curry and the rest of those, uh, those high-end players, it occurs to me that Aaron Rodgers – I said this when Jordy Nelson signed away last week to go to the Oakland Raiders. Where do you come down on this, Patrick Clavon? Okay. Aaron Rodgers – continues to be underappreciated. Yes, we live in a world of Tom Brady where even at 41, he goes to a Super Bowl and comes within a whisker of getting his sixth ring. Remarkable stuff. The greatest run for any quarterback, I suppose. Well, not I suppose. In fact, it is the greatest. However, here's one thing about uh, Aaron Rodgers that we sleep on, I think, as we evaluate him. Still, Jordy Nelson, a very good receiver, a high-end NFL wide receiver, at the top of his game. But that's the best receiver Aaron Rodgers has ever had in the history of his brilliant NFL career. Agree, first of all? Any point to debate that? No. Uh, Jordy at his peak is the best I mean, some people would throw out Greg Jennings. Some people might say Donald uh, Driver. But, I mean, I think bottom line, you know, what – the point is, go, all right, fine. So it's that group. So you're debating between Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson. <laughs> neither one is really, neither one is going to the Hall of Fame, right? We agree on that? Correct. Is Aaron Rodgers, for a high end, for a Hall of Fame level quarterback, has he had the worst collection of pass catchers in the Super Bowl era? Spaghetti behind the glass. I want you to weigh in on this as well. I mean, I mean, think about what Tom Brady Tom Brady gets a lot of, oh, he makes all these guys around him. That team is such a mediocre roster. It's a bum roster if you take Tom Brady and a couple other names out of it. However, Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time. Yeah. Randy Moss is one of the two or three greatest wide receivers of the Super Bowl era. So at least he's had that. And by the way, Wes Welker, you can, Wes Welker thrived without Tom Brady. He went to Denver and continued to perform. I mean, Greg Jennings didn't do anything as soon as uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't throwing them the ball anymore. And that's what I want, right? Can we get that before peak Rodgers is done here in, in three or four years? Can we get him, like, the the Moss Welker team? Can I know. We, well, we, we got him, him Jimmy Graham. A is chance about to as throw, good as we're going to do, I guess. A, a chance to throw 50 touchdowns? You know, okay, can we just do that? Can, can what we year see? was it? Was it 2011, I think? Was that the year the Giants vanquished them in Lambeau? I think yeah. that was 2011. That, yeah. That's the greatest sing- – that's the single greatest the, – the, the conversation for me is best single season by a quarterback ever is either uh, 2011 Aaron Rodgers. I forget – what was he, like 48-6 and six or something like that and, uh, you know, 4,500, something like that, and Dan Marino in 83. Yeah. Or, or uh, 84, I should say. 84, Dan Marino's best season. It was it, You can't really comp the numbers because of generational differences. But uh, Spaghetti, way in here. Well, I would. I was just looking at the Packers teams. Wouldn't I think Brett Favre probably has worse receivers than Rodgers? Because maybe because I'm younger and I hear the names like Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, like Jermichael Finley was okay, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and then Jordy. I was why, like, well, why, why no Antonio Freeman, man? You just 
Gonna I think, uh, yeah, but in, you know what, though? Antonio Freeman probably fits the same sort of level of Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson, yeah. right? That, I mean, that's a good point. I'm trying to think. In Aaron, Ro- I mean, in uh, Brett Favre's career, did he ever have I, – I mean, in, there's a one-off tale of uh, his career stuff. I, who did he have in Minnesota? Sidney Rice had Sid- his one. Sidney Rice and Percy Harvin and that. Sidney Rice had his one really good NFL season. The Jets, with, like with Brett Favre, Braylon Edwards. Yeah, those don't even <laughs> that KLN stuff. But I, I, you know, I hold Aaron Rodgers up. You have to remember, you have to grade him on some sort of a curve, in my opinion. When you consider the the two other names, I would float, and I'm interested in your opinion, uh, Sheck Republic. So weigh in with the hashtag DDFP, and let's uh, ca- let's uh, continue this conversation on a later episode. But off the top of my head, Dan Marino. Had nobody. People always talk about he never had a running back. He never had wide receivers either. His best receivers were Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. You see any either one of those guys in the Hall of Fame? You Maybe O.J. McDuffie? Those are the best receivers he ever threw. He made them into stars. If they, if Mark Duper had been in, uh, you know, in, in Baltimore at that point, you think he would have been a star? No. Same goes for John Elway. John Elway also had Sammy Winder running the ball on those Super Bowl teams. He took these bum rosters to Super Bowls, did John Elway, in the 80s and lost, and that was the story. Boy, John Elway can't win the big one. John Elway continues to win the AFC, throwing the ball to Steve Watson and Vance and – Vance, uh, 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 what was his name? I can't even th- – Vance um, – I can't think of his name now. Uh, Vance – not Vance McDonald. Uh, Vance Johnson, right? I have no idea. You, oh, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm uh, going too far back into you've, you've the, left me into the time machine there. Vance Johnson, Steve Watson, who caught the uh, the touchdown pass on the drive from uh, Purdue. My brain's not working right now, but anyway, the point is that um, that those those would be my three high end quarterbacks with the worst collection of pass catchers. I mean, you know, by comparison, Peyton Manning. Had and we can we know this, but Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Marshall Falk was a good pass catcher. He leaves there. Where does he go to Denver? Where he gets Demarius Thomas? And okay, maybe he makes Emmanuel Sanders better than what he otherwise would have been. But Peyton Manning has always had somebody always had somebody great to throw the ball to throughout his career. Anyway, way in there. Hashtag DDFP. Throw another one out there just to just to bother you, but Eli, I mean. Plexico Barris, a few seasons of Don't give me – Plexico was, was really good. It, it, I think it, you're underrating – I think you're underrating the, the, the Packers group. So I think the, I would take Driver, Cobb, like Greg Jennings, probably over like As Cruz, a trio. Cruz, Knicks, and like Steve Smith or where else the Giants had, but like not counting Jordy versus Plex. I don't think you would. I, I know mm. you say that, because, but you're evaluating Hakeem Nicks based on his – I'm removing my biasness. We- I just don't – I don't think we – there was like small stretches of them being good. You had a few seasons of each, and that was really it. And then Plex Victor- hurt himself too. So it's like maybe I heard Jordan about Nel- that. I heard. No, about I know, it. but I'm saying, but I'm saying, like that's maybe why you take Jordy Nelson as well. I would say Eli's group is not that great. No, the, right, the, the Packers, the Packers group is good. There, there's not that marquee guy. But the here's stuff. the difference. Plexico Burris did well in other situations. Agreed. Yeah. Those guys, there's no evidence that Greg Jennings and we'll now see Jordy Nelson go elsewhere and try to make it. But we didn't. There's no evidence of those guys doing anything if they weren't catching passes from uh, from twelve. From a high-end, all-time great quarterback. Eli Manning, Victor Cruz's explosion 
I wonder. I mean, he, then he ruins his uh, his knee, unfortunately. So we don't know how he would have performed elsewhere. Right. Either, Steve but. Smith tried to go to the Eagles. That didn't work out. Nick went bounced around to a few places, but he couldn't keep his weight down. I mean, there was there were they they didn't do much outside of Eli either. I find it a fascinating uh, conversation. So, like I say, we'll continue that one. The Jets move up. Talk about fascinating in New York football. Claybon, your reaction to the, what the Jets did over the weekend, which was trade away second round picks to move up to number three but then also the speculation is is that the two teams in front of them at one and two are also going to take a quarterback who who do they want do they want everybody and if so like are you you're mortgaging your future for somebody it's just i don't know buying a ring before you got the girl i just it's a you know what we we had a guy in college i think i've said this before we had a guy um who's now a successful uh, uh, doctor in um, St. Louis, Missouri. But at the time, we called him Pool Boy because what he would do is he'd meet a girl and he'd go wild for her. He'd go so wild. Every time he met a girl, he went on a date or he took her to some dance or whatever he did. We called him Pool Boy because he would just jump into the pool. He didn't even check to see if there was water in. He just Just jumped in head first like, Pool Boy, man, you're going to get hurt again. You know, check and see if there's water before you just fully jump in on this situation again. And I feel like this is what the Jets have done. They've been a pool boy, and they've ignored the warning that I issue pretty regularly now. 2011 draft. It is the looming cautionary tale for all NFL football teams who are QB desperate. Look up the 2011 draft. The first 12 picks, seven of those names are going to the Hall of Fame. Seven of them are are on their way. Cam Newton is one. That's another discussion that we need to have a good, proper investigation of. Why do so many people think Cam Newton is not going to the Hall of Fame? If he plays three more years and uh, and doesn't throw for less than three thousand yards, he's got. I mean, you know, he's he's going to the Hall of Fame whether you like it or not. But anyway, it goes like Cam and Von Miller's in there, and JJ Watts in the mix. Pat Pete is in there. AJ Green's going to the Hall. Julio. Uh, Tyron Smith, Julio Jones, right. Then there are a couple other outliers like Alden Smith who did it to himself. That's why he's not going is because of himself. And Marcel Darius is not, you know, he's, you know, uh, probably packed on too many pounds and is traveling around a little bit. But, okay, there's seven out of 12 names are going to the hall. Then there are two QBs that are plain reaches that – have scuttled the chances uh, that for the time being at least scuttled their team's chances they were Jake Locker was a reach yep Christian Ponder was in that mix and there's some oh and Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert and Gabby Blaine Gabbert was in there it's a cautionary tale that NFL teams refuse to acknowledge if you don't I mean really this is how desperate the Jets are for a QB did they forget that they already signed Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater what's the plan Claybon? well I, I guess the plan would be that Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Petty evaporate into the ether and, and they're gone forever and, and nobody worries about them anymore and also you're hoping the Giants take Saquon and then you, you get Rosen Maybe that's the best case scenario. Uh, other, if the if maybe they know something. Maybe maybe, maybe their front office is in touch with uh, the ones yeah. with whom they share the building, or I don't even know. They've if got that's bugging true, but... devices. <laughs> Perhaps they've okay. been reading emails. So cynical. They, they have wow. a Cambridge Analytica account. 
Ah, who is knows? That it, is that what it's about? There's a bunch of Giants Facebook profiles that are just floating around. It's very weird. I really don't know what the what the strategy is here. It's not like they're a player away. It's not like they're solving the quarterback spot away from making it to the Super Bowl. So why do, what, what do you need to – well, they're both one-year deals. All right, so what? Well, <laughs> why not just sign one or the other? It's not like you got either guy for $4 million. You're paying both of them significant QB dollars to, that could – uh, amend what is a you know a marginal roster at this point. Well, I just it just hit me. What if the plan is to fleece Buffalo on draft day? I I mean maybe, but that's the sort of thing that fantasy that the guy in your fantasy league does every year. <laughs> I'm gonna load up. I'm gonna take three great QBs, and then everybody's gonna have to come to me to make trades early in the year. Like no, they're not. They'll be they'll be they'll be in other QBs. They're not gonna give you their uh, their their number one draft pick they're they're levy and bell or uh or david johnson because you happen to have drafted three qbs the ultimate move for buffalo would be to say hey you know we really want allen allen's the guy we want let's let's make a deal make a trade the jets draft allen then they're like ha ah, we wanted the other guy <laughs> <laughs> they go take is that impossible that that could happen <laughs> well, why not i like i you know what i hope that kind of stuff is what goes on that's that's my wish um couple other things real quick, and then we'll get to A.J. Bouye, or I like to say Bouye, but it's Boye. But Bouye, you know? Like, like Maybe our, because we have a guy here who, right, he makes the sandwiches here, Bouye. We should have really, we should have worked it out. We should have made a schedule yeah. so that we had, we should have brought, but now he's busy making lunch. We can't do it. But it would be great if we could have had Bouye come up here and interview, interview Bouye. Bouye, Bouye. That would be a good interview. Well, He'll have to settle for yeah. me. What are your thoughts on um, – well, before NBA, real quick, one more thing here. Okay. You mentioned as you walked in here that you have started – you've rediscovered your passion for uh, animal crackers. I have. Crackers, and that's owed to your, uh, to your one-year-old son. Yes, he, he has them, right. and he likes to throw them when he's done. And occasionally, you know, the dog will eat – well, one time I, I actually caught one. And it was like this moment, you know, I'm looking at it. Well, I'll give it to the dog. Wait a second. Dad's hungry, too. I took a bite and I, I instantly went back, you know, to, to those moments of the animal crackers, you know, searching for the right one. Like, which one do I want? Do I want the lion? Do I want the bear? And now mm. I'm eating animal crackers again. I'm buying animal crackers for me, not just for my child. I love it. There are things like that in life that kids bring back to you because when you, your teen years are kind of devoted to – proving to yourself and the society that you're not a baby anymore, <laughs> that you don't like kid stuff anymore. And so you have to push that down. It's also the effect that you see with tween bands and tween comedies. Like you like Hanson when you're 12 or you like sync when you're 12 or whatever the modern day equivalent of sync is if you're 12. But then by the time you're 15, you got to be like, that's baby music, man. I'm past right. that. Then you and then you oh and then a lot of people overcorrect in their teen years and they become not that there's any I mean listen I like punk music too but but, but then people overcorrect in in fashion and they start doing that uh, ghoul face they start to paint their face white and, face. and do the and do the eyeliner and stuff like that I have a sneaking suspicion Emma VP might have dabbled in that Emma VP true or false very false you you did not become yeah I was gonna say I've been that. like this forever. <laughs> But those, she but you like know what I mean, like that. But there, but you know the people I'm describing, right? Oh, most right? definitely, yeah. And those people, my issue with them is, and listen, let your freak flag fly, everybody. I don't care. I'm not. I'm. I'm not here to judge you. What I do judge, though, 
is whether or not you're truly, if your heart is invested. And perhaps you think that's unfair, but Damashek's got a got an eagle eye. I can tell when you're just putting on a show versus whether or not you really, if if your heart is in this bit. I often find those people that devote themselves to cultivating a look, to cultivating a persona, that they have invested so much time and effort in that they forgot to actually develop a personality behind it. Is it isn't that fashion in general though? Hmm. Interesting point. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe Cause, I've, cause I'm I mean, not seeing the forest for the trees, but we're seeing the same thing. Cuz everybody's trying to do something that can it be done with clothes, right? I guess if you don't want to go up to somebody and like every individual person you you see and say, "Hey, I'm not a baby anymore. That's why I got this eyeliner on, mother." And it's just like, "Yeah, this is who I am." And so they try to do that with clothes, but is is that even possible? Because like you said, you're you're starting to wonder if they're, you know, being disingenuous about it or if they're going too hard. Well, it's a, and then there's no backing out of it at right. some point. I think for a large majority of people, I think then once you reach the adult years. Now your persona is so defined. It's now set in stone even in your early 20s and mid-20s. If you are a certain, like, you know, if you're a cat person, you don't want to be the cat person who everybody knows is such a cat person that every gift you get, this is a big uh, Adam Carolla jag, uh, so I'm going to borrow it from him, um, is is that if you're – you don't want to be known – as a cat person, so singularly that the only gifts you ever get are license plate frames that say, I'm a cat. I'd rather be hanging with my uh, uh, Siamese Katie or whatever. I don't know cat names. Um, that's one. Siamese cat, right? It's tabby. Ta- you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Likewise, you don't want to be such a metalhead that people like that. Like, I'm so into Metallica. Like, that it then becomes shameful for you to concede. Like, I like a little James Taylor mixed in. You know, you, yeah. you can't be, you don't want to overcommit. And that's coming from somebody who I think a lot of people who have known me over the years are like, oh, Dave, well, what else is new? He's talking about Pittsburgh sports. You know, maybe I'm that guy. And maybe that's why I resent it in other people. No, but anyway, you're not that guy. Um, I think we've stumbled into, we've gone down a wormhole here. I could, I could, I, I feel like, we're at a critical point where either we do the next three and a half hours on this subject or we revert back to where we started here. I don't know. I, this is not, this is not like a Thelonious monk. Uh, I'm going to not start dabbling and see where I wind up and I'll get back to the baseline. Just hang out. Everybody might, might even uh, want to step out for an intermission and a smoke. And when you come back in, monk's still going to be on the piano, but I'll eventually get back to that baseline. Don't worry, everybody. You know, Spaghetti, you have something to say? That's like too the 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 lifestyle like change is like the CrossFit people. If you do CrossFit like once, you constantly everything you do is about CrossFit and the CrossFit friends. Like you are the CrossFit stuff. You always talk about it. it's the same thing as the cat person. I think we could name this the invisible tattoo syndrome. Yeah. You know, if you get a tattoo, that is physically as far as you could go. Or you know what's even worse <laughs> than the tattoo because. That's why I don't have any tattoos. It's not that I'm uh, opposed to them philosophically. It's just that I don't know what's going to matter to me 30 years from now as much as it does now. Does the guy really – I mean, listen, as an example, I've seen people with Pittsburgh Penguin logo tattoos. Now, I might have thought that that was a good idea when I was about, like, 18. You might have convinced me to do that, but I'm glad I don't have one now because that would be too much to be branded with my team. That would be an overcommitment. 
at, 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 uh, in 2018 for me. The worst in that, though, in the I think it's like a 21st century phenomenon. I always wonder, what happens to the guys you see, the hipsters walking around, who have those big – uh, like mini frisbee things stuck in their ear lobes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those big circle Gages. things. They're, they're ear Gages, Gages, yes. What is that guy going to do in 10 years? I think they were tricked. I, not I think the I, I, If you have little ones. But, I mean, if you have one that, like, hangs down so it leans, leans on your shoulder blade, I can only imagine that that goes back so much, right? Doesn't that thing – isn't your ear forever look like a uh, swing set? I don't set? know. I I think it may eventually go back. I, I have a Labrador retriever, and you did she, that to her. No, I'm saying she would she would <laughs> chop my ear off uh, if it if it dangled in front of her like that. That has to be tantalizing <laughs> for every dog in your life. That's what if I'm your talking ears about. Ears are just swinging in the wind. You got to, in other words, like oh, you know what? It's all coming cubes. together because yes, I always say zealots ruin everything, and and that's a bit of uh, overzealousness. And who's the victim? The man in the mirror. You know, yeah. like that guy, the man in the mirror at 37 who's heading out for the job interview who has the lipstick tattoo on his neck or has the big uh, the big uh, empty space where his earlobe used to be. You know, like that guy's got some explaining to do as he makes his way off for the big job interview at but the I, bank. I, I will say the person that's doing the job interview has some explaining as well because it, the empty space in his ear really doesn't have anything to do with his ability to – take somebody's money and put it oh, in the Oh, see, that could be chapter seven in our three-and-a-half-hour <laughs> discourse on this. We don't want to get to the other people's responsibility in handling these people. I do. I'm all about it, Dave. Let's How do it all. A, you know, here's a, here's an interesting ah. one. How about Alvin Kamara? He's got the nose ring now. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, but the bull nose ring. I don't mean the little uh, cutesy one the girls get, the little diamond stud on the side of the nose. I mean right in the middle there, that middle one like a bull has. You know, does he have that in when he's 28? He's he's obviously never had a deviated septum or any sort of sinus issue. Um, what if he's Adrian Peterson's age? Is he still running around with the with the nose thing? Probably not. He's like he's 33. Frank Gore, next stop Canton. Also, he's bring but his bust is going to have that nose thing in it. That's a good question. Does Alvin Kamara, if he goes to the Hall of Fame, does his bust include the nose ring? Probably not. We're figuring a lot of stuff out. This Dennis Rodman still rocks the nose ring. It's been 20 years. Well, that's a, well, that's a great yardstick by which to judge <laughs> yourself, no matter who you are. Can you be as great a man as Dennis Rodman is? Hey, listen, he made peace in uh, yeah. in uh, in e Asia, right? He's or at least he greased the skids for yeah. for our uh, dear leader to go over. He's there basically the president. Hey, uh, but what you were saying is animal crackers have come back into your life after like a twenty-year <laughs> hiatus, right? Yes. Kind of like that for me is donuts a little bit. You know, really? the kids love donuts. They love, oh, Saturday or Sunday morning, let's go get the donuts. Can we go to Dunkin' Donuts? Like, I'm you, like, I don't get donuts that much. Why would you take a break Because they're the not good for you. They make you a heavy set. I'm already heavy set. So you, I don't need you've, only, you've exclusively done things that are good for you during your donut-free period? Don't worry about what I have and haven't done. I have to, you know, I have to rob Peter to pay Paul sometimes. Why was it donuts, though? Why wasn't it? Because what, what, what am I going to give up, booze or a donut? Does that answer your question? Now that you've embarrassed me, fine, everybody. I still drink booze. That's Is that actually, okay? That's actually why we're here, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this is all big setup, huh? All right. Eddie Spaghetti says, I'll go first. Dave, you're an okay dude for somebody who's not from New York, but you got a problem. 
<laughs> and it's time to face it. All right. Emma made a good point, though. He's like, you you give up donuts, but every day you walk by and drop like four. You bring like four or five cookies with you and try to hand them out to everyone else. Uh, yeah, but you're how, an enabler. You still eat how, the junk food. I don't eat that. I don't eat it. I give it to you. I, I, I'm Robin Hood with other people's stuff. I take food, and I give it to you guys. I think that's classy on my part. You don't see me eating it. Except- am, I, am I eating the, 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 the red candy fish? No, I'm not eating the Sour Patches. I'm not eating the chocolate chip cookies. I'm giving them to you people. I don't now, know. You know what, though? I was giving them to you people until this. Now, Eddie. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, hey, look, I don't know what you do from the walk over to the desk. You, you might be, you know, eating some in the hallway. Be chewing. Here, take the rest. You know, no, they're not open. Those things are There are no bites out of those cookies when I hand them to you. I think another one for me is pepperoni. Pepperoni is one of those things that I stop eating, you know. Like, I, you, you just stop ordering it on the pizza if you're ordering a pizza for yourself because it's unnecessary, extra, bad-for-you calories as a grown-up, and then the kids like it, and then you're like, you know what, pepperoni, still delicious, you know? Because then one, because then one, invariably, one of your kids will like it, but the other one won't, and then so then that one pulls the pepperoni off, and then like I don't want to waste it. Just yeah, gotta there, eat it. Just sitting there, gonna get all cold and get in the garbage can. No way, Damashek will eat that thing, you know? With the crispy edges. Oh, it's the best. Are you a thick on your pepper on your pizza? Do you like the pepperoni very thin, or do you like it a little bit thick so it it turns into a cup that holds the grease? Well, you want the cup. That's that's, that's absolutely what I need. Because if Look you don't get the cup, the then the edges don't rise and then they don't get crispy. Otherwise, you just have this flat hunk of meat that doesn't really do anything. Claybon knows the score. I like that. See, you've earned your keep. Thanks. Um, also, a couple other football things. Uh, Morgan Burnett to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like that a great deal. I know people will point out that he's long in the tooth, but he's 29 years old. It's not like he's worn out. How is Mike Mitchell a spring t- chicken? I think by almost any measure, Morgan Burnett, an upgrade from Mike Mitchell, at least 2017 Mike Mitchell. He had a down year in black and gold, so I like that upgrade as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Um, what else? To, oh, I wanted to ask you real quick before I bring the fellas in. Oh, one more thing. I'm sorry. I'm going through uh, my rundown here that Eddie Spaghetti put together. He uh, He's vain, you see. Okay. He went to Tom Bergen's, my favorite drinking hole in uh, in Los Angeles, or at least it used to be, with, uh, with David Feeney. We used to go over there and throw it on four to six nights a week for like three or four years. Wow. That's I mean, a commitment. Well, I lived around the corner, and so did he. We would go in there, and, oh, we, I mean, you know, the twisters, the uh, twisters to beat the band. It was really something. But anyway, young Eddie Spaghetti went over there for its closing day, which happened to fall on St. Patrick's Day. How did you find it, Spaghetti? I don't know. Oh, it was great. They yeah. did a really good job. The, the whole parking lot to the left of it uh, became like an outdoor beer garden, so opened up to uh, a lot more people than they could fit inside, and it was it was good. It was sad, though, leaving, because I was like, that's the end of it. I've only been there twice, but from all the stories you tell me, it seemed, it, it does seem like a very local-ish kind of spot. Like, I know LA's full of a lot of transplants, but it seemed like everyone there was like a regular and knew somebody and that was cool. So it's, uh, I guess a piece of history has gone. Cause it's like one of the oldest bars in all of uh, Los Angeles. One of the classiest things I've ever done. And, uh, I've done a lot of classy yeah, stuff. Certainly. So, I mean, you just heard the story about the cookie and, uh, yeah. and candy delivery to the, I mean, the people, I mean, the back, back behind the glass there, you hear what they said? Like, Oh, you're not eating that before you give it to us. See, you know, that's see, that's shooting themselves. They don't know how selfless you are. Dave. That's right. Here's another example of it. My friend, the aforementioned David Feeney, when you go in there and you get a certain amount of drinks, they eventually give you a shamrock, a little cardboard uh, 
painted green thing with your name on it, and it hangs there for all of time, or not all of time, until the bar closes, which it now has, so now uh, forget <laughs> it. So anyway, it hung up there for many moons, as did uh, David Feeney Shamrock. Now, David Feeney, had a, he's now a married guy and everything, but he had another girlfriend who periodically would show up at the bar herself with her friends, and she earned a Shamrock of his own. But then when they split... Much like, you know, any divorce or anything else, you know, you get assets. Well, Tom Bergen's obviously was Feeney's, not hers. And yet her shamrock still hung in the bar, which was bogus in Feeney's opinion. It hurt him. It made it hard for him to fully enjoy himself with her name looming physically and otherwise in this bar. And he said, I want that shamrock down. So what did I do? I went up to the bar. I created a distraction for the bartender that required him to go to the end of the bar where he couldn't see, where he had his back turned to me. I jumped up on the bar. This is a, this is active hours. Uh, yeah, this is, this is this is not after hours. I didn't sneak into the gym. People are watching you. I jumped up on the bar. I removed her shamrock and I delivered it to him. What did he do with it? I mean, what he did with it is his business. But the point is that I <laughs> delivered it to him, and that was proof. That's it. That's evidence. That's uh, the first uh, exhibit in, uh, in in Dave's righteousness, you know? You were looking out for his ability to move on. Did I? I mean, did, was it a matter of me agreeing or not? No. no. It's what he needed. You did it for him. Emma VP, do you see that? That's class. That was cool of you. Do you, say, do you think that's pretty classy on my part? Or I do. do. You, all right, thank you. Yep. Some people would say it's vandalism. Did you? Well, also true. Spaghetti, did you? Uh, did you find my shamrock? I looked both times. I should have added. That would have been great. I should have added you know, closing day. Uh, find that. You know, tell somebody there to get it to him. I think there's still lights on. I guess they're cleaning stuff. But I'll, I'll, I'll walk over and I'll try to grab it for you. Last thing, uh, Claybon. Um, before you go, make sure you check out Claybon doing gangbusters work, especially in free agency right now as the news is breaking fast and furious. Make sure you watch Claybon on Up to the Minute. Look at these, Claybon. Okay. I was just talking in the green room, like I said, with A.J. Uh, uh, Boyer and his pals about um, who would win. It's the, one of the age-old discussions, and I love it, is 20th century basketball players versus modern-day basketball players. Talk about lionizing guys that have moved on with their lives. Yes, the dream team is great, but you can make a pretty compelling case that modern players would defeat them. But I come back to the fact that modern day has no center that could keep up with Patrick Ewing down there. And the, there's just a David Robinson. Who would hang with that? Until, and since Shaq retired, who really would – pose a formidable challenge to those guys. And it's tough to have Shaq up there as a bar because how many Shaqs have there been in existence? Just very few, right? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Spaghetti, you just said we're an hour into the show? Correct. With Bouye? <laughs> Correct. Oh, phew. I thought you just said that uh, I didn't we've been to... sitting here talking no, 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 no. for one hour. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, my God, my my sense of, of time is completely out of whack now. I'm sorry, Claybon. Back to your point. Yeah, no, I just uh, – Shaq is an outlier, um, not in the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours fake stuff since. Like, there's, there's only one Shaq. And so I'm throwing him out. I, I look at this 2004 All-NBA team. Shaq is the only player – Kobe maybe – that, that to me are transcendent uh, on really? Dream Team. Really, Kobe? I see. I Kobe is borderline top ten if you make it non. And then there's there's Tim Duncan and KG. Obviously, 
there in their all time, but Shaq is the only guy that I'm going to say is on my first, second, third team all time basketball player list, right? Okay, but not LeBron. LeBron's on my first team. That's okay. This, okay, this okay. is what I'm saying. Okay, the 2004. I'm throwing it out because um, the reason. Shaq and, oh, I see. It's You're Shaq from and then the everybody. 2004 else. group. Right, right, right. Gotcha. But Tim uh, Duncan. No, obviously, Tim Duncan is a, is a good. Your front player. line of front line of Shaq, KG, Tim Duncan is is going to be pretty rugged. But you're not you're not scaring me with Peja, Baron Davis, exactly, and Ron There's Artest. No depth there. Ron Artest literally doesn't even exist anymore. I <laughs> true, I I agree, but you know, I think we are a little we're being a little uh, glib about the ought four group because of that front line. I mean, KG and Duncan and Carl Malone are the three best power forwards ever, right? And you would, would have throw, two of them throw, on your team plus Shaq. They would annihilate you in Carl, the blocks. Carl Malone was the worst player on the Dream Team. And I'm not just saying that because I don't like him as a player or a person. I just think that Magic, Barkley, Carl Mully, Malone, Stockton, Drexler, Pippen, Bird, Ewing, Robinson. I think well, the Carl idea, Malone is the weak link on that team. Well, in the 2018 All-NBA or however you want to evaluate that, so you have LeBron as a, as a difference maker, but you also have Steph Curry and KD out there. Plus, you have Carl Anthony Towns is another yeah. interesting one that you now throw in there. I don't know. We will continue this conversation with AJ uh, Boyer and company. Spaghetti, real quick, your thoughts on this? Uh, I I think it's tough to compare like the older players to to now because sometimes we become prisoner of the moment and we don't realize like the greatness. Like I always say to you, like I said, Will Chamberlain to me is like he has seventy one NBA records, but. Like you kind of poo pooed on Will Chamberlain because there were three NBA teams. But that's for what I'm the saying. So that's career. why it's hard to compare. Because I think like, like Bill Will Russell dominated. is the mo- Bill Russell. I've never seen Bill Russell play a game. To be fair, and I, I have seen very limited stuff of Will Chamberlain. The thing I I I push back at is people, not just you, Spaghetti, but anybody who talks too much about Bobby Orr in spite of never having seen Bobby Orr play a game, or Jim Brown and the greatness of Jim Brown. You never saw him play. How much can you really talk about how great that guy was if you can't really see who who he was against? Don Hudson's the greatest example. Don Hudson played against nobody, and you oh, look at his numbers. All right, well, I was defending him. And by the way, Bill Russell was playing against uh, you. Basically playing against like somebody like you. I mean, there there wasn't the the uh, the competition. It was Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell and a bunch of other guys. I'm that was the dis- that I'm was not- the that was the NBA in the '60s. I'm not in disagreement with you, but I'm saying if it counted, it counts. I mean, and he broke records and he was great. That being said, like I I think LeBron. Then it it's just it's just so tough. The rules are different too. There's hand checking back then. Like the that's called different. They don't call travels. That's now. the th- but that's the thing I always I, I always go back to is the thing that people who side on the 20th century side of this conversation always will say, oh, but the hand checking rule. You know, it was a very different league back then. Like, uh, what does that assume that LeBron James and Kevin Durant just would never be able to adjust to it? Like, well, no. well, hey, they're hand checking me. I can't play basketball well anymore. No, they would adjust. Maybe to it. not with them, no. but with just other players in general. It's just like there was no three point line for quite a bit of time. Like, it's just a way vastly different. Do I think LeBron could beat like Pistol Pete Maravich one on one? Like, yeah, he'd crush him. Like, that's why I'm saying it's tough to to compare now. I. I, 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 think, I don't dream, know about that particular whenever, example, but mm-hmm. it's interesting what you say. But I all the 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 guy who is the impossible mismatch, just as LeBron is, is uh, Magic Johnson. There's nobody in today's NBA outside of LeBron James who could effectively check Magic Johnson. There's no point guard out there that could. 
as as spaghetti would say, I think sometimes we do that. It's tough to compare when we say that we're defending the older players. Like we're we're always defending the older players. It's like ah, oh, you know, it's if tough it's tough to compare. Like you know, we talk about like Red Grange or something. Like where guys like my size are playing defensive tackle. You know, it's just like when we say that, it's it's a it's a lifeboat going to the older guys. And I think it's okay. It's okay to say, wow. There's never been a basketball player like Kevin Durant. You know, it's 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 okay to. Say I know, that. but I also think in football, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't we tend to push down I, more often than not? Don't we think that the modern guys are better than the guys in the '70s and '80s, oh, or yeah. no? Yeah, absolutely. We I, do. I think this. I'm I, not sure about that. I'm trying just, to think it through in my head. Like the, when 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 people talk about dynasties. It's Depends now on. laughable when I hold up the steel. Like, oh, they'd get crushed by the blankety blank, you know, the it, early 90s. Well, because of weight and all I that think, kind of Yeah, athletes are better. It, it depends on who you're talking about. I think it, in certain points, if you, you know, if you ask some guys, like, oh, yeah, the man was tougher back then. You know, you could smoke a pack of stogies and go out there and throw six yeah. touchdowns. And it's just. But, but that, it's funny, that's true. But people also don't, nobody says Roger Staubach or Terry Bradshaw when people talk about who's the best quarterback. In, in history, those names don't come up anymore. It also goes back to your 85 Bears cliche. <laughs> that's always the one that's brought up. We don't update it to Yeah, that's that's Ravens the other side the of it. You're, yes, everybody's still. That's still the go-to. It's like, well, that defense. Oh, they're good. I mean, oh, come on. They're not the 85 Bears. People still use that uh, uh, as their old touchstone. It really should be. Shouldn't it really be like, well, they're not the 2000 Ravens. Shouldn't we at least get it yeah, into we should, this millennium? We should update that every, every once in a while. I just don't want to do it for the Ravens. I don't want them to get that. Yeah. Can we give it like, ah, they're not the 2003 Buccaneers. That seems too long. And then you have to think about yeah. who was on that defense. That, that doesn't work either. All right, we'll figure it all out, you know, at some point. They're, they weren't the uh, early 20-teen Seattle Seahawks. There it is. That works for you? I think because we have the Legion of Boom. Yeah, oh, so just, we could just say you that. You could just say that. Not like they're the Legion of Boom in their, at the height of their powers. Yeah. Right? Because then you don't have to do years, and, and everybody instantly knows what defense and team you're talking about. Claybon, do you want to uh, say anything else here? I love you, Dave. Aww, that's well, nice. I Spaghetti question, and I love you guys, too. Thank you, Claybon. Thanks, One Clay final Bond, question. If we're talking basketball, it's LeBron, LeBron versus Jordan. We no. should just do everything no. else. No. No. Oh, no. Oh, you, oh, you guys, you guys don't want to you guys don't want to be like every other uh, channel? Claybon, it's the, dumb, it's the most pointless conversation ever. Claybon doesn't like – Listen, I was doing it in jest. I was. It was. No, no. I know you were. <laughs> By the way, we also reached out to. Maybe we could do it for later in the week or sometime next week. Maybe we could do it once this tournament is wrapped up, so we can regard it in its entirety. The 2018 March Madness tournament. My most curmudgeonly annual opinion is is that yes, great fun to watch, spellbinding stuff in the final minute of a game, an underdog team versus this powerhouse Big Five conference team. Yeah, it's fun. But as an evaluator of who the best team is in the tournament, it's awful. It does the worst job this side of Major League Baseball's postseason tournament. Well, I wanted to talk to uh, the always insightful Will Brinson about this. Maybe we'll track him down for that conversation. But back to Spaghetti's point or question. Claybon, this this makes him very upset. Spaghetti. No. He gets very upset when, when in sports. On one hand, I, just, I get it. I just refuse. I'm not upset. I'm just done with it. I was mocking. 15 years ago, 15 years ago, you would have a hard time flipping on a sports radio show and not hearing the two guys vigorously debate Brady versus Peyton. Peyton versus Brady. Are you nuts? What? 
No, neither one of you is nuts. They both they both are uh, all time great. So so there's not a losing side to this argument. That being said, what is sports if not that uh, Claybon? It's, it's evaluating it's, it's and ranking it's, it's and who's the best and who's better than this. That's what it is. I just don't want it. I'm not going to do it. You'll do it and like it. No, I'm, I'm not going to like it. All Nobody right, you have the it. first pick in the People all-time draft, and they're all 18 years of age. You can take any human being <laughs> that ever walked the face of the earth at that age of 18 for your NBA team. Who's your pick? I was born on November 25th, 1983. I'm going with Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I mean, that's oh, it's, it's important to me I think to do that. Jordan's better than LeBron. No, Dave, the point is that's it. <laughs> There's no need to have the discussion over and over ad nauseum for 26 years. Oh, rings this. And people say all these stupid things. That's They're both fun. transcendently gifted human beings. LeBron is incredible. He somehow exceeded expectations. We don't need to cut him down. 49% of me there. agrees with you. Unfortunately, <laughs> 51% likes to indulge in uh, in – trivial uh, debates like this. The popular vote is probably the better way to go. I pro well, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on it all the time. I, the thing that bugs me, though, the one thing I will say is, talk about lionizing somebody. Michael Jordan, great and all that. But the thing that the disrespect, and it's legitimate at this point, it's legitimate disrespect for LeBron James. Why is he so spaghetti? You're one of these hipster millennial type people. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're actually a millennial. Are you? Sure. Is that? Does your age yeah, make sure. you a millennial? I guess so. all, all three of us are technically. You're a millennial too, Claybon. Yep. Explain to an old curmudgeon then why millennials are so down on, or such a high percentage of people are down on LeBron James. What I, sense? I'm I'm not. Uh, I think a lot of people don't like him because of his like social media use and the weird things he does. Uh, What's he do? What's he do that's weird? To, again, to me, I, nothing. I think I, he's awesome. I think the whole premise is flawed, Dave. I think if you probably polled, LeBron probably does better among millennials than he does boomers. Oh, do you think so? I, I would guarantee. Just, I mean, just like anything huh. else. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I, yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Again, people hold up Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan, right in the middle of his career, took off. It just so happens that the sports gods smiled on that decision because if he had played the Houston Rockets, Akeem would have gotten him. They, he would not have that pristine finals record if he had to play. That's right. You you can laugh at that, but that's right. Uh, well, you know you know who's checking uh, Michael Jordan? One of the great defenders of his era, Kenny Smith. Okay, Kenny can get forty two. I, I just no. How? I'm just I'm letting you know what the score. No, is. the rock the Rockets were good, but I mean Kenny Smith's not the Jordan stuff. They would not have been able to handle a center <laughs> the likes of Akeem. Akeem's, uh, you know, with the possible exception of Shaq, the the uh, the best center that I've seen play, right? No, Hakeem Olajuwon is a very good basketball player, right? And <laughs> all right, see now, see see what happens. Dave's trying to draw me in. I'm not trying to play draw this you hypothetical in. Hypothetical game between the Jordan Bulls that didn't. Exist. I just wanted to keep going just because I know it, it it annoys you for some reason. The hot taker evaluator. He's the hot takesman. Patrick Claybon, don't spend your time talking about uh, who's better in sports. Why would we do that? <laughs> if you've had the conversation nonstop for 10 years. I haven't had it. America's had it. 
Spaghetti, who's your draft pick? LeBron or anybody else? Doesn't have to be. If you're so in love with Will Chamberlain, who you've never seen play for no. <laughs> seconds, you can take him too. You ever seen Babe Ruth? You can say whatever. Uh, my I'm number not one, Babe Ruth. My number one pick. Uh, I always say about Babe Ruth. I always <laughs> say about the Babe that he never saw a breaking ball. I mean, he never, never saw a <laughs> I slider. Agree. What he do I? And he used to hit with a wet newspaper. I guess that's how they played. Back Only then, played against like, white guys. I, mean, I, I, I certainly knock you're Babe not, Ruth. You're not getting an argument for me, but I'm saying most people consider. Anyway, uh, I I take LeBron actually over Jordan. LeBron's like six eight six nine. They just a, a report came out. He gained seven pounds of like weight. He gained like seven pounds of muscle during a game yeah. once. Like I don't know what's going on there, but he's a physical specimen. I think one on one. Here's one thing I'll tell you, and then then this really pounds. is it. This is a little bit irrelevant, kind of. Even though <laughs> ironically, it should be everything. LeBron James could cover Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan could not defend LeBron James. And I'm not talking one-on-one, but LeBron would obviously win a one-on-one game between those two. We're talking about five-on-five basketball, but in five on f- in a five-on-five situation, you could say, hey, 23 is their best player. Hey, uh, LeBron, go get him. Uh, one-on-one? I didn't. I just explained not one-on-one. I'm just <laughs> telling you LeBron could defend Michael Jordan in a game of five-on-five ball. Michael Jordan would not have any chance against LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James would just go stand in the block and say, pitch it down to me, and Michael Jordan would be uh, helpless. That's right. I don't know. I'd agree. But I will say this. Look at the Jordan team that he brought. To the, oh, you I guys think, are making me do this. I think versus the Spurs with, like, Iron Newble and, like, Bowie Gibson and, like, Sojourner. <laughs> like, it was a, a miserable team. So I think that, to me, is, like, the one of the best things he's done in his career. Here's the thing I'll say that is in that – Michael Jordan and company deserve the the what the game I'll play with you is uh, the '85 Bears is a for instance they played one really good quarterback that season and it was Dan Marino and Dan Marino got him in the eight in in the 1985 season I contend that had they played them again in the Super Bowl the Dolphins would have beaten them again on the fast track of the Superdome Jordan and company did vanquish some legitimate teams in winning those titles. They had to go through really good Knicks teams. The Pistons were in a little bit of a fade, but when they got to the finals, that Phoenix Suns-Chaz Barkley team was for real. That Gary Payton-Sean Kemp team was for real. I mean, that was a real good team. And then the back-to-back against the Jazz. Those were good teams that they were knocking off. So that 23 does deserve credit for. However, none of those teams I just mentioned had a dominant all-time center the way the Houston Rockets of the mid-'90s did. Keem would have gotten Michael Jordan. Then what would we be saying? If that had happened, then it would be much easier to convince you that LeBron James was uh, was the superior of Jordan. I can't believe I got suckered into this. You want Sorry. to do another Sorry, 20 Claymont. minutes on it? That's no, all good. 20 more minutes on this, and then we move on. <laughs> no, all right. That's it. The great Patrick Claybon, everybody. Make sure you check him out on Up to the Minute. And like I said already, Patrick Clay at Patrick Claybon. Make sure you're following him. He's uh, he's one of the best uh, in social media out there. If you have more than just uh, pro football on your brain, but he is awfully insightful in just that regard. All right, now let's get it to our guest, or dare I say, guests. Yes, we've already conducted the interview to pull the curtain back, as Spaghetti mentioned by saying we were at an hour. Now we're at like an hour ten. Hour tenish, Spaghetti. We're at an hour right now, so the curtain's pulled back. Six, <laughs> 60 minutes right now, and you're about to hear about 20 more minutes. Whoa, 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 whoa. We did 60 minutes? 60. Oh, the yeah. four of us. Just the four of us. Yep. The four of us kibitzed for a full hour just now. Yep. And now we're going to do AJ Boy. That makes yep. you Andy Rooney. <laughs> 
Now I don't know what to do. Do we save A.J. Boye? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Well, we've talked about it the whole show. This happens to us sometimes, you know? Where did that last half hour go, though? Because Spaghetti said we're at an hour. It was my fault for. And that was 20 minutes ago. And that was 20 minutes ago. Yep. I mean, now we may as well just go two hours, right? We can do it. Here's another thing about LeBron. <laughs> now, I'm going to cut it off there. Count yourselves lucky that I decided to uh, to take this one off. Also, make sure you drop me a line at uh, DDFP and let me know the quarterback, the high end. I don't want your bum non-Hall of Fame QB names. I want your Hall of Fame QB names of guys who threw the ball to guys that were not very good. Ooh, I got a good one for you. Joe Montana, first half of his, of his career. Freddie Solomon and Dwight wow. Clark were his pass catchers. He won Super Bowls with those guys. Um, that's it for you, Claybon. Yeah, I'm all I'm all tapped out. You feel tapped out? I feel like we have uh, some well, more meat on that bone. My wife's blowing me up. She's trying to track me down. All right, go ahead. <laughs> ah, go get the animal crackers. Got to. All right, here he comes, everybody, with his pals. The, uh, the high-end cover corner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, A.J. Boye. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Dave Damashek. All right, here he is, everybody. One of the uh, members of the best defense in 2017. Coming back for more in 2018, presumably. It must be Jags uh, month around here because we talked to Calais Campbell. Now here's one of their very fine corners, A.J. Bouye. What's happening, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm doing well, but I'm clearly not doing as well as you because I could not pull off a suit like that, but you do it with a plum. I really appreciate that. Well, in fact, what color is it? Is it plum? It might be. I got to I gotta hit up my guy uh, with Gentleman's uh, Playbook. He he does all my suits. He did them last year for the ESPYs. Um, he did all the home games and everything. So uh, he's a great guy. Got great suits, as you can see. I've been getting yeah, a lot of compliments on him. So. Yeah, look at that. You, I mean, but you're a fancy man because you have uh, the initial your initials on your uh, oh yeah uh, shirts. Yeah, I got my initials and then the number right what? here. So, yeah, so in case somebody try to take it, <laughs> and then you can know it's mine or my initial. I mean, my name right here. Would you ever give if, if like uh, Richard Sherman just got uh, the number twenty five? Would you ever give up twenty one? Uh, give it up? No. What would be the price tag for it? Um, their contract, <laughs> their full contract, <laughs> or uh, their signing bonus. <laughs> what uh, we? I was just going through. I love talking about the draft experience. Of course, you make it all the way through the draft without any of the thirty-two teams calling your name. Do you ever go back through that draft and look at some of the names that went ahead of you at your position? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know um, what? Uh, do, can you tell me who the first cornerback uh, in that draft was? First cornerback from my year was probably. I know who won the Thorpe my year. It was Jonathan Banks. I That's right, that. but he doesn't he go until about one. six. Was it, yeah, he uh, was it Milliner? You're right, yeah. I mean, it's a nice group once you get past it. You go uh, Milner and uh, DJ Hayden. Then you yeah, go Des Trufant, Xavier yeah. Rhodes, and so that's not – that's not probably doesn't make you too angry. Xavier Rhodes is yeah is doing yeah. I trained thing. with uh, Zay coming out uh, with Tom Shaw. He's a great guy, great athlete, and a great player. So I'm really glad to see what he's doing over there in Minnesota. Boy, oh boy, Tom Shaw. That's he seems to be the secret ingredient for a lot of high end cover corners. Huh? Oh yeah, I mean Ike Taylor was training us too there. Uh, so that's right, he was. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm blessed to be able to work with those guys and improve my game, and I'm just always trying to do that. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about this. Let's just let's get to it. I talked to Calais about it last week. Now let's, I guess, may, you and me should talk about it. <laughs> what am I supposed to do as a Steeler fan? How do I get past what happened in January in Heinz Field because of you? Yeah. And do you want to say anything as a result of what happened and the way it made me feel? No, you just you just gotta let it go. <laughs> That's uh, the only thing I can tell you. Easier but, said than done. You uh, know, you got you gotta appreciate the show that we put. You know, we put on there, and even what they put on. That's a great team, and they were that close um, from being a number one seed in the first place. So things could have been changed differently. It could have been a different route. But for the years coming, I'm definitely looking forward to that. We. We plan on playing them for years to come because we plan on winning the division just like they plan on winning the division. That's going to be a great matchup with our defense and their offense. So. Well, I don't like then, uh, then your pal Maurice Jones-Drew right after that game texted me from Heinz Field and said, hey, now that I have the key to the city, yeah. you're welcome to stay here anytime. <laughs> I know, didn't, didn't, didn't he win while he was up there too? He did. So there what? You there you go. It's, it's something about Duval, man. But it's, like I said, we played them next year. They're coming to us and – we want the same results, and we know it's going to be a tough game. And, you know, we're trying to put on a show for everybody that's going to be watching. It really was uh, a, a crazy ball game. I mean, who would have thought that a uh, 45-42 result in a game that includes the Jacksonville Jaguars defense? I talked to Calais about this. Now I'll ask you, too. I hate to waste time on this. He confirmed he believes in Blake Bortles in 2018. How say you? I, d- I definitely do. Um, and I say it plenty of times, me and my dad talk about it when people want to argue about it. It's just, you know, we criticize him so much, uh, and we only look at the negative, and that's from the outside looking in, but you never say anything about how he played against Ben both games. You never say anything about how he played against Tom Brady. These are the best quarterbacks in the AFC and in the NFL, Hall of Famers. So, you know, defense, uh, and especially from an individual standpoint, me, we wasn't playing the way we've been playing all year, and for Blake to come in like that at the play the top of his game in the most critical situations, that shows you why he's back with us. And he's an athlete. You know, he's made mistakes, but we all have. And he's just learned from him and he's tuned out the noise and just kept going from there. What did you think, by the way, of um, when you're in the middle of that game or in the fourth quarter, it looks like the Steelers are finished. Then all of a sudden, uh, Roethlisberger decides to turn into a big eight quarterback and running the option on that one drive. <laughs> what were you? Were you were you stunned that, by that, this? That, yeah, because they was, they was going fast paced. We already knew we was expecting a no huddle but just to see that but he's an athlete man you know uh and it kind of sucked how it happened you know he threw the five picks the first game and everybody was saying it was Mm -hmm. time to retire and what he did after that I didn't think they what they won like 10 games in a row and even in that game the second one he threw for like 500 yards that's amazing you you don't have a lot of quarterbacks throw for that and then lose the game so um you know I talked to him at the Pro Bowl he told me about the P.I. call he didn't like it he, you know, a lot of guys. That's right. You <laughs> did grab Juju on that fourth down oh, play. we're talking about the P.I. call against the Patriots. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, I agree with you about that. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. But you did, though. Let, listen, hey, you see I the watched... sign right there. I want you to go through oh. this right now. Okay. It's fourth down. The fourth Steelers down. are making their charge. All of a, The game was over, you guys are you, thinking. I'm going to tell you what happened. You so. guys are thinking, though. It's 21 nothing. You're like, well, this this cakewalk. We, we, we own the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, who's up next? Patriots? Then all of a sudden the Steelers start coming back on you. Now it's fourth down on your side of the field. They decide to go for it. It's fourth and a yard. Everybody's expecting them to sneak it, but no, they don't. They throw it over the middle to Juju. Right. All right, pick it so up So I, I watched the film uh, from that game, but the, fir- the first thing was I believe in the first half they 
on the fourth down, they tried to run a toss play in a bunch formation, and Jalen made a heck of a play. And so they checked out of it in the fourth down, and so I was showing like I was getting ready to trigger on the toss. I knew it was coming, so Juju stemmed up on the play action, and right when – and people want to say I try to hold, but one thing about it, when receivers initiate the contact, we're allowed to defend ourselves, and sometimes we get away with it, sometimes we don't. But – when he tried to lean in and tried to flip me, I tried to go around his hip. So that's why I looked like I was holding. And, of course, we made it – both of us were going for the ball. So it was a good play call, but I was I was figuring they was trying to take a shot downfield. They didn't have nothing to lose anyways. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, your story kind of checks out. I don't know. I'm gonna, <laughs> I mean, I, you're a Steelers fan, so – that's right. We had a Jaguars fan right here. What do you think they'll say? <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I do want to know from the Jags' perspective. I submit that if the Jesse James touchdown stands against the Patriots, that you guys win the division that day, that's uh, that same Sunday you clinch the division, then you go to San Francisco. But you knew you were locked into where you were locked in at that point for the postseason. Would you have gone up to San Francisco and played for one of those top two seeds had Pittsburgh won that game because the way it would have set up, you would have had the second seed and hosted the Patriots down there in the uh... um, even even with the way the results were, we never we never want to leave it in nobody's hands. So we went in going thinking that we're ready to win. This is the game that we just capitalized and just keep going from there. And it it was just bad timing. Uh, you got to give credit to Jimmy, that whole team. They they did amazing things that game. And then Coach Shanahan, he's a great coach. You've seen what he did when he mm-hmm. was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland and even with Atlanta. So, you know, he's practiced against our scheme and just the plays that they were running, they just it beat us. But that's what we needed at the time because we fixed those or we corrected those going into the playoffs because we saw the same thing from the Bills. So you Okay, so that, may, so that makes sense. Then. So you didn't take your foot off the gas going up to can, – not Candlestick, but up to San Francisco and to play them. It wasn't like, oh, wait, listen, we're going to be the three seed no matter what so we don't have to put no, out we didn't have we didn't have that mindset. Okay. Trying to win. I see. I, that's that's the excuse I use for why the Steelers didn't go to the Super <laughs> Like, yeah, the Jags, if they would have gotten the pads down in uh, Duval, they would have beaten the Patriots there. Then you would have come up for the title game. Then who knows? Definitely. My, my cousin's a Steelers fan, so you know he's always giving me crap about it. But that's a great team and a great organization, too. And just to play in that atmosphere, it's amazing. And that's why I'm looking forward to it. It's two great teams, and we're going to keep battling with great players, you know, Jalen, me, our defense, A.B., Ben. It is a crazy defense. It really is. Uh, speaking of that, though, I, or we've talked enough, uh, we've spoken enough about pro football, I think. In the green room, before we came up here to do this, I was flapping my gums. I walked in mid-conversation to a uh, to a fascinating debate that I love <laughs> engaging in, 20th century NBA versus 21st century NBA. Listen, Booyah, I want you jumping in, but bring in Quentin and Simon as well, the two fellas in the green room with you. I want to hear from them on this. This was interesting stuff. By the way, AJ, for, I mean, like that, you know, NFL cornerback, that position has a lot of swagger to it. AJ. That's not. That's a rare name for a defensive back, right? AJ. How, how is that a rare name? I don't know. It just seems like more like a QB name. doesn't seem like, uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> Here they are, everybody. Quinton and Simon. Let's just pick up where we left off. This was the uh, this was Quinton's contention. Correct me if I'm wrong. That today's NBA guys would beat the dream team. The best of the NBA right now would defeat 92 dream team. 
I got them printed out here too, and I and I included a, a, a third option, the 2004 All Stars, or not? Yeah, the All NBA team. Who would? I'll, I'll start with you, Bouye. Who do you okay. think uh, wins that? Uh, if if you play a round robin between those three teams, you know the '92 um, Dream Team, the 2004 All NBA team: Duncan, KG, Shaq, Kobe, Tracy McGrady, Ben Wallace, Ron Artest, Dirk. That's that's Yao. Here, here's what I'm saying. If it's if it's a series, like a playoff series, you, it'll be close. I think it, I think it could go to six games, but I gotta go with Jordan. You got Larry Bird, Magic. They they had some dogs. Charles Barkley. Like look at look at all the people. That that's have. see that's where I come down. Is that at the end of the day, what are you gonna do about Magic? There's a who, who's checking Magic from the from the and then the current guys. And we go like LeBron, Anthony. I mean, where where you fall where you come up short currently is at center, right, Quentin, or you disagree? Um, I think a lot of different scenarios. I thought we were going with before 90s and after 90s. Okay. <laughs> we pick a specific team. I don't know how well that would turn out. All right, out. go ahead. Give me your roster. But Give me your two, 20th century roster that you're throwing uh, up. Got to go with Westbrook. Oh, I mean, yeah, Kyrie. you go 21st century, and I'll go I'll, I'll go. 20. Okay, got to go Westbrook, Kyrie. So that's my one and my two. Okay. Then um, at the actual two, got to go Harden and DeRozan. Then at my three, you got LeBron and KD. Then at my four, you probably got anywhere from a good four, uh, Boogie. All right, Anthony Boogie's Davis. interesting. But here's where that's where you're going to get into trouble. There's, there's just nobody to to match up with Patrick Ewing or or anybody like that. See, that's where the game transcends nowadays as it didn't back then. KD can guard one through five with the footwork to still literally guard one through five. I don't think Chuck or Ewing oh, or Carl or Pippen necessarily yeah. – Check his temperature. Go ahead. You know Check his temperature. Yeah, he kind of six. Yeah. So. I, I, I listen. I I hear you. I, I like right. old curmudgeons. Don't uh, they won't entertain right. it. Yeah, oh yeah. no, no. These uh, these young guys couldn't handle the hand check rule. Like why? Were, were, were the guys of yesteryear? They were just they were just tougher human beings intrinsically. Right. No, they would get used right. to it if that were the right. if that were the rule. True, now. but I also think the opposite. I think if you put a guy that is from '92 in this NBA, yes, domination. If you put LeBron James. Back in 92, yeah, he's going to play well. It's going to be a little bit different because the physicality in the game was different. But you take Jordan, you put him right now, there's no hand check, and he can just play, I think he's dominating. I think that's interesting. That's a that's an interesting thought. And you talk about, like, uh, Steph Curry and, and KD out there, those two alone, and then you throw James Harden into there. You know, they can, they can just kill you from the perimeter. But then again, guess what? You know, Chris Mullen will uh, do that to you as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like Chris Mullen wasn't yeah. capable right. of destroying right. you. Yeah, or Larry Legend. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sleeping on yeah. thirty-three. Yeah, I think Larry oh, will, uh, will be days. But Larry versus Durant in the athleticism race in a game to seven game series, or just their best versus our best one game. One game. I, you know what? Ooh. My answer to all to all like, wow, that guy's going to be a tough matchup is Scottie Pippen. So that, my yep. question is, who's your rookie of the year this year? Hmm. I don't know. Who do don't you got? Don't put in the hype. Just just going off. I'm going to give him the stats. I'm going Simmons. Why? Who do you oh, have? There it is. There it is. <laughs> so we had a debate. We did a blind debate, and we came up with the three statistics. So points, rebounds, and assists. We asked, who would you rather have, somebody who's averaging 16, 8, and 8, or someone averaging 24 and 4, blindly? Which one would you pick? The latter. 
So the the sixteen eight and eight, yeah. which is Ben Simmons, and his argument. We just had this argument for like an hour and a half, <laughs> literally down the street, back and forth. Um, and he his argument was, who was it again? Donovan Mitchell, yeah, Donovan from Mitchell. the Utah Jazz, yeah, because what he brings to his team versus what Ben brings to his team. I but the 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 asterisk that I put on Ben Simmons or any younger guy who comes into the league, for, almost everybody has the knock on them. They're like, yeah, he doesn't have much of a perimeter game. Yeah, they're the best athletes in the world. In three years, they are going to have a – they're, right. they're going to figure out how to knock it down, right. you know, or else they just are, are not gym rats and they, they're not going to make it. To that same point, if he's averaging 16 and he gets better, where is his ceiling? For the same guy that averages 19, 20, where is his ceiling? So it's like – so if you have down the road, who's better still, Ben or Donovan? So here's another question: Then Westbrook's your. Fi- I like the specimen. Ah, I like I yeah, like this. I like this. Ah, I like yeah. that specimen. Ah, yeah. <laughs> but everybody's gonna say Westbrook their favorite point guard. So who's who's behind him? Who do you who do you have? Behind Man, him? that is such a loaded position. If you start going through it, if you just put them in a row, like you'll get to 12 without so even. If you, had, uh, if you had a point guard, if you had a point guard who averages 27, five and six. And you I love play. Kyrie. I know that that's, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of guys uh, are, 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 don't like that. That's uh, um, because honestly, Steph Marbury territory is like, uh, you know, first option at the, at the one maybe yeah. isn't the best way to play, but. Because right. um, Damian Lillard is leading in every category over Kyrie. And I, I feel like, but besides now, Damian Lillard wasn't getting that credit. Right. Society but the bottom line. Kyrie. But the bottom line is, don't you see? None of them. What would they do? Any of those guys do against Magic? You know, they'd be. They'd that's be true. Doing. Yeah, exactly. That's true. LeBron here. That so to finish it, that's where it would wind up. Like LeBron. Okay. Hey, we don't have any answer to Magic. We have no choice, LeBron. You got to check the point guard. Well, now, now who's the point uh, now, guard? Yeah. yeah. Now, then, now we'll just destroy. Now, Carl Malone and uh, oh, Pat man. Ewing and everybody just going to dominate you in the uh, in the blocks there. I don't know. Good luck, Dwight Howard. Okay. Yeah, right. Boogie <laughs> <laughs> hey, is not going for it. I'm just going to let uh, you know that. Come on, he's not an all-time great. Case. He's not an all-time great right now. He's a, he's a good player certainly, yeah. but he's not an all-time great. Yeah. We have got everybody on that '92 team is an all-time great, so they we can't. I, I don't want to tell you what he's going to do and what he's not going to do, right. but I understand he's not an all-time. That's exactly the – that's also a great point. Like, once you go 2004, you go like, hey, man, you know, Tim Duncan, KG, Shaq, that's a front line for all of time. But then, you know, like, what are you bringing off the bench? Peja Stoyakovich? I mean, that's right. about, like, what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that's the difference. That's the difference Certainly. with the Lottie, dream team. Lottie, Is it un- – until you get to the name Christian Leitner, it's, it's Hall of Fame, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good times, fellas. Uh, yeah. Glad we could extend this talk. Uh, I know it's Booye. Uh, well, I like to say Booye. Boye is how is how it's pro- – but I like saying Booye. Is whatever, that all right? Whatever, yeah, whatever. Is that all right? Yeah, I'm good with it. Makes it fun to say. Definitely. I've, I've heard plenty more than that, so I don't have a problem with it. My dad says he's used to it, too. We just laugh at some of them. But, hey, whatever you guys feel comfortable with, I don't have a problem with it. I like that. That's right. That's how I am about Dave or David. You know, <laughs> right. Now listen, we can have a laugh, but seriously, let's let's not do that again up in Pittsburgh in a playoff game. I mean, how, yeah, listen, that's kind of hard. Have your fun. The you play, know, I want I want you to have a big breakout us, year and make your money and all. But don't, don't beat the Steelers in the playoff. That's not. That's plan, too the plan is for them to come to Jacksonville in the playoffs next year. So. 
I'll tell you what. One thing I'll that's be been consistent. Oh, you'll be down there. I'll be there. All right. I'm bringing. <laughs> I, I'm coming. and I'm bringing Scotty Pippen with me. I, I, was, <laughs> I was the cousin that liked the Steelers subliminally. Yeah. We, oh, that was you. That, that was, was roommates yeah. in college, and he had a terrible towel, and I yeah. tried to grab. Him. <laughs> so, All right, good. So there's some uh, a safe spot for me. It down is there. real. What do you think about that? I'll ask you, Quentin, and then uh, and then AJ, you can weigh in too on this. Okay. Where do you come down, if I were to tell you hypothetically, that a former great from your team went to that game in Pittsburgh, but he was rooting for the Jags, you understand, and he brought his two sons with him, and those little boys were throwing snowballs at Steelers fans, and what could the fans do? They had a the, the little adolescents throwing snowballs. What would you say about that if I were to tell you that that happened? I like it. <laughs> that is confusing, but it's almost the same position I'm in. I like well, it. That's what – can I tell you something? That did happen. That was Maurice Jones. I like it. Uh, Maurice had his has dispatched his little boys to throw snowballs at grown-up Steeler fans who were left with no recourse. What could they yeah. do? Like, who did that? Oh, it's a cute little boy over there. I can't really say anything. You though. think he showed his sons the game when he played down there too before they got there? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He makes sure that they are aware of that. Um, all right. Good times. Uh, stay healthy. Have a great off season, man. Enjoy that. it. And uh, and best wishes to you in 2018. Thank you. And thanks to uh, to you guys Certainly. as well. For thanks for having us. Nice all for right. having AJ, Bouye, and company. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're listening to David All right, that's it. Great stuff from uh, from Boye and company. Interesting stuff, as well as uh, a visit from our pal Patrick Claybon. Always great stuff from him. Make sure you follow him at Patrick Claybon and watch him on Up to the Minute. Later in the week, we're going to be talking to Nick Santora. Who's that? He's the showrunner for Scorpion. Oh. What Scorpion? That's the CBS Network program that Dave Damashek will appear on Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Set the DVR now. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.